following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, I, I hope that you know this by now, that every time I stand in this pulpit to bring and, and open God's Word, that I count it one of the greatest honors of my life. Um, and... and not to just open God's Word, but to open God's Word behind this pulpit in this house. Um, as I like to say, and it's not original with me, but the house that built me. And this, is, this, this house has put so much into me that it blows my mind that I have the opportunity to stand here and, uh, and preach God's Word to you. So I'm excited. Man. And on Wednesday night, tonight, Pastor leaned over to me and said, man, there's just a little something extra in the house tonight. That's because so many of y'all been showing up for early morning prayer. I'm telling you, prayer changes things. Come on, prayer changes things. And so we're going to jump right into the Word of God tonight. Um, and so I want to start with a question, really. Have you ever started something? And you ever get to the point, like, I don't know where it is in that something that you started that you get to that point, but you get there and you're like, man, this is, this is just not the way that I thought it was going to be, right? You know, like, it, it's just not, I had great, it was going to be amazing and, and I had wonderful plans for it to be amazing, but now that I'm a little ways into it, it's not as amazing as what I had built it up in my... Has anybody ever been there or am I just talking to me tonight? Yeah. Really, it's one of those moments where you just wish that you could... I liken it to this. I don't have a better illustration. But vehicles these days, they have the push button start, right? You just wish you could push like the, the restart button and just... Just start over and then let's just do this again. Let's see if, if we can have a better outcome. Have you ever been there? Yeah. I've been there a lot. Like Maybe, for instance, something like this. I, I, I'm eight days into a new me. I know I ain't preaching to just me. I started a new diet, y'all. I'm talking about y'all, not me, right? I'm, I'm speaking for you. Started a new diet. It's going to be a different year, y'all. It's going to be good. But at lunch today, you crushed 12 cupcakes, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just press restart. Rewind. Let's, let's do this over again. Or perhaps you're in a conversation with your spouse. Once again, I'm talking about your marriage. I'm not talking about my marriage. I'm not speaking from personal experience by any means. But you start a conversation and somehow, like, you say something, and either it came out really dumb, like, it comes out, and you're like, oh, or it's taken the wrong way, like, you really meant nothing by it, but somehow the mood that your, I mean, your, your spouse is in, my wife, just kidding, man. Like they take it in a way that you didn't intend for it to be taken. And now you're like eight hours into a conversation. You're like, how did we even get here? I got somebody that's with me over here. And you just, you wish you had a button that you just, 
And it would just restart the whole situation over again. I read a story about a pastor and his wife uh, who were on the, the East Coast in an airport trying to catch a flight back home. And they, they stood curbside to check in all of their luggage. But the line wasn't moving at all. In fact, they began to ask questions to the attendants around. Uh, is everything okay? Only to get answers, something like nothing is working. Like our computers aren't working. The conveyor belts aren't working. Everything is shut down. And we're waiting for it to get corrected. That would be a moment where you wish that you could just press restart and just start the day over. If you're stuck in an airport, A, anybody ever spent the night in an airport? Yeah, 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 just restart. Let's, let's go back. I don't know what happened, but let's start this day over. They stayed at the airport for hours along with thousands of other people waiting for things that were broken to be fixed. And as dusk began to settle in, an announcement comes across the loudspeaker this is a press restart moment. The airport is shutting down because we have no power. Oh, great. This is, this is amazing. Okay, fantastic. And so they, they found themselves caught in, in a blackout when the East Coast went dark due to a, a power grid failure. Nothing, nothing had power. All the hotels surrounding the airport of all of the, you know how hotels are around airports in major cities, they're all around, but, but there was hardly any rooms available. In fact, they found one room that they were able to get a hold of, but they would only hold it for 10 minutes because there were so many people that were trying to book the room because there's no power so they want at least a place to spend the night and believe it or not they get to the room uh, they had to make their way up the stairs with like flashlights because there was no power in the hotel and they go to the window and pull back the curtains just to hopefully maybe the, the moonlight will allow a little bit of, of brightness into the room where they can at least see what they're doing as they're, they're unpacking. And, and directly across from their hotel, they see um, uh, another hotel. In fact, it was a Marriott hotel. And this hotel was completely lit up. That would be my luck, y'all. Bright lights. I mean, it was just hopping. It was amazing. They, they opened the window. They could hear music playing, and people were outside eating. And so they walked down their dark stairs of their hotel, make their way across the street into an air-conditioned Marriott hotel. And they had lined the whole lobby of the hotel with TVs, with CNN blasting on it, talking about how dark the East Coast had become. People were standing in line to get hot food. And so, inquisitive minds, they, they want to know, how can there be so much light in the middle of so much darkness that's surrounding everything? This is one beacon of light here. And so the pastor, as many pastors would do, walks up to the assistant manager and he says, I don't, I don't understand what's happening here. I, I don't get it. How are you guys, this hotel able to do what you're doing when, when all of the other surrounding, all the other businesses are completely shut down and dark. And the, the manager of the hotel said, it's actually very, very simple. See, sir, when we built this hotel, we built it with a gas generator. So see, we have power on the inside 
that's not dependent on the circumstances on the outside. We've got something working on the inside of us that overrides what's not working without. And so even though everything around us is dark, we're still able to stay well lit because we've got something that a lot of people don't possess. So in the middle of a dark situation, there was a well lit location. And I think if we're not careful, right, and if we were honest with ourselves, really, many of us would say that, that as we start a new year, we, we still feel the repercussions from, from some of the stuff that happened in 2019. And, and I have a feeling, not everybody, of course, but, but there would be a, a lot of hands in the air that would say, you know what, I find myself tonight at the beginning of this year in a not-too-well-lit location, that it's just not all, all roses in my world right now. Like the, where I'm at in life is not the most pleasant place to be. It would be considered a, a press restart moment where if you had the opportunity to just hit a button and rewind on what, what took place in the recent uh, circumstances of your life, you would, you would push the button because it's not such a great place where you're walking right now, living with regret, living with circumstances that are not in your favor. And because of your today, because of the moment that you're living in now, you can't see past your problems to see the destiny that God has in store for you. And so I, I've just come to really lift you tonight as we, we jump into 2020 and get good and settled into everything that God has in store for us. Listen, that the God that I'm preaching about tonight and the one that you were worshiping just a few moments ago is the God of the restart. And we're going to dive into that topic tonight. And so as we embark on this new year, there's no better time than right now if you find yourself in a not too well lit location to go ahead and make up in your mind that I'm going to hit the restart button, that I'm going to change some things in my world. Because the God that I serve and the God that I worship is the God of second chances. He's the God of opportunity, of multiple, not just second chances. He's the God of third chances. He's the God of fourth chances. His mercies are made new every Morning, if you've been, listen, if you've been traveling down one path of life and it's taking you to a destination that is anything less than what God has in mind for you, anything less than what he's planned for you, this is the moment where you can, you can stop right in the middle of your tracks, press the restart button, and start moving back into the direction that God has in mind for you. And to get back onto the path that God has in store for your life. So you're saying that God has a plan for me? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah, God, God absolutely has a plan and a purpose for your life. And, and we, I, I feel like, at least me, I work that into just about every message that I share because I feel like there's a lot of people under the sound of my voice and in society today that have a hard time comprehending that God really does have a plan and a purpose for their life. 
He absolutely has a plan and a purpose. So then, then we would naturally ask, well, well, it's my life. And if he has a plan and a purpose for uh, my life, I'd like to be filled in on that plan and that purpose for uh, my life. Right? Okay, let's, let's do that. But this is where a lot of us go wrong. Perhaps I'm just preaching to me tonight, but this is my first point. If, you, if you're ready to press reset in your world, the first thing that you have to do, and this is so simple, is pursue the designer. See, we set out a lot of times on a crusade, especially at the beginning of a new year, to find everything that God has in store for us. We're, we're, we're searching for our destiny we're searching for the end of the rainbow. What, what is it going to be 20 years from now? And we miss the designer of our future and our destiny. See, I, 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 wanna, I want my destiny and I want it now. How can I find out what that plan is and, and what that purpose is for my life? See, we all know Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. But do you know the next couple of verses that follow it? It says this, then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me, and you will find me when, when you search for me with half of your heart. See, you're going you're gonna to seek me and you're going to find me when you search for me with all of our heart. And, and can I just talk to my generation? And I need to really give kudos to the generations that have come before me. If you're 40 and under, listen closely. It's really easy with society today for, for you and I to put things in front of God. We're really busy with everything that we've got going on and we want to know the plans and the purposes that God has for our lives, but we're not willing to seek him and find him with our whole heart. You want to seek the Lord and you want to find him, you got to do it with everything that you have. Just a little bit on Sunday morning, a little bit, maybe on Wednesday. If I, no, 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 no. You got to seek him with every, you got to breathe him. You got to say, Lord, I need you more than the air that I breathe. I got to have you every morning when I wake up and every night when I lay my head down to sleep. That wasn't in my notes. I'm sorry, y'all. The way that you discover your plan is by locating the one who knows where it is. The way that you, you, you find your destiny, you don't go destiny hunting to find your destiny. You don't go purpose hunting and plan hunting. You go designer hunting because the designer knows what the plan is. And when you find the designer, then you're going to get the plan. You don't get the plan before the designer. you got to seek him and find him with all of your heart. And then you begin to understand the plans and the purposes that God has in store for you and for your family and what your job's going to look like and the bright future that he's got in store for you. So as you press restart, don't forget 
to pursue the designer. If you've ever seen the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, then you're going to make it to heaven. Just kidding. It's not a prerequisite for heaven. Then you know that he's on a, a quest for the Holy Grail. And, and his father, Dr. Jones, has a map of where the Holy Grail is. The only problem is that there's evil people within the story looking for the Holy Grail too. And they want this map that will show them where it is. And so they steal the map from Dr. Jones in order to be the first one to the Holy Grail. And when they steal the map, you know the story, Indiana Jones is discouraged and he's depressed and he's frustrated. And he looks at his dad and he says, Dad, they've taken the map. They have the map that, uh, of where we need to go, what we're trying to search for and look for in our world. Dad, they've got the plan. And Dr. Jones said, hey, buddy, Junior, settle down. Simmer down, bub. What do you mean, simmer down, Dad? Like, this is, this is life. This is what's important to us. we got to get there. They've stolen the plan. Yeah, 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 I know that they've stolen the plan. But son, where's your attention? My attention, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's your attention? See, don't pay attention to them, son, because what you're forgetting is that I wrote the plan. I wrote the plan, and because I, I wrote the plan, I know what the plan is. And, and if I know what the plan is, then I know where to go. So even though you don't have the plan written out in front of you, you don't have the specific plan with details of what it's all going to look like, keep your attention on me. Follow me because I'm the designer of the plan. This is a big word, the word attention. It's difficult in this day and age for anything to hold our attention, isn't it? We're hopping from this to that to this to that. We're, we're switching on our phone. My, my nine-year-old son can move his fingers faster on an Xbox control. It blow, I just sit there and watch him, how fast he moves his fingers. It's insane. And I want to work through this word attention for the next few minutes tonight. And I've got to move quickly this evening. But the, the word of God says this. After this, in Revelation chapter 4, John the Beloved is writing. And he says this. After this, I looked. And there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice that I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I'll show you what must take place after this. And, and, and what he sees afterwards is extremely, it's amazing and it's mind-blowing really. But, but I want to draw your attention not to what he saw, but to really how he saw it. And the word attention here is, is very important. After this, I, I looked. And it's important because everything that John saw after this would have not been revealed had he not been paying attention Attention, John says, after this I looked, and there before me was a door, and it was open in heaven. Did you know that you have a standing invitation to experience God's presence? But you have to pay attention. You have to be looking for the moment. You have to, to pay attention. You have access. You have, to, you have to pay attention. Listen, you've got to pay attention because attention opens the door of access. 
if negative emotions rule your mind and have access to your heart, it's because you gave those emotions your attention. And now they have access. What are you, what are you giving attention to as we launch in to 2020? Because what you're giving attention to, you're allowing access into your world. And there's some things that you've been giving your attention to that if you would turn your attention from them, you would take the power of them. Where is your attention? John said, after this, I looked and there before me was a door. See, it was there all along, but I, I saw it when I looked. When I was intently looking, John could have been looking at a lot of things. The, the man is in exile on a tiny little island called Patmos. He'd been sent there because of his testimony of the word of God. And isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that God gave some of the greatest revelation to a man who was in exile? It's a beautiful thing. It just let me. This is just a, a, a passing comment here, but it, it's amazing that God is a God of access in the middle of your extradition. See, if you find yourself in a place where you, you feel isolated, where people have kicked you out because of, of the name of Jesus, can I tell you, you've got some amazing access to the presence of God in this moment. And it's in those moments where God will begin to drop things in your spirit and reveal things to you in your life because he has your attention. He says, after this, I looked and there was a door. I think it's important what the door means, but I also think it's important where the door was because he didn't say, after this, I looked and behind me was a door. No, that's not what he said. The door, listen, the door, the open door is never behind you, which brings me to the second thing that I want to share with you today as you begin to press the restart button in your world is that you got to look forward. You have to look forward. You can't keep dwelling on what happened this last year. You got to look forward into what God is going to do in your world. John said, after this, I looked and there before me, before me was a door. The open door is always before you. So stop staring at the things behind you looking for a door to open. Come on. The open door that God has in store for you is before you. There's some stuff that happened back there that you can't get back. And I know it's frustrating, but you're not going to get access by giving your attention to what happened back there. The open door is before you, it's in front of you. Your best days are yet to come. You haven't lived your best days. You're going to live your best days. They are before you. And I'm gonna say this quickly and move to my final point because that's really where I wanna close our time together tonight. But the third thing is you begin to press the restart button in your world is that you need to accept the invitation of elevation. Stay with me. 
Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 says this, After I looked, there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice that I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said this, Come up here. Come up here and I'll show you what's going to take place after this. See, you and I have an invitation to go higher. Uh, John's vision, he, he didn't get there by effort. It wasn't how good he was. It wasn't, no, no, no. He got there by invitation. You can't earn it. You can't do enough to earn it. No, no, no. You get there by invitation. Revelation chapter 1 and 2, listen, it was a voice like a trumpet making an announcement. And it said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once, I was in the spirit. He didn't call a 24-hour prayer meeting. No, that's not what happened. At once, he was in the spirit. And and I know we don't have the same invitation that John had to see everything that was going to transpire in the last days, but we do have an open invitation to turn our eyes towards God, to look up When everything around us is going bad and going crazy, you do have an invitation to focus and put your attention on the things that matter most. Come up here and I'll show you what happens next. In essence, I don't want you to look at your future through the lens of all the terrible stuff that's happened in your past. I want you to accept the invitation of elevation that I'm saying, hey, why don't you come up here with me and get a different perspective on how everything is going to work out. And it takes practice because it's not easy. We're not accustomed to flying high. Instead, a lot of times I think we're accustomed to, to living at a low altitude, to living below what God has in mind for us and in store for us. We settle on, the, on our plans and on our dreams and our aspirations. But God says, listen, if you would turn your attention towards me, if you would seek me with your whole heart, I'm telling you, there's an invitation to rise above everything that's going on in your world. We're used to having our stomachs all tied in knots, believing that tomorrow is going to be the same as today was. And yesterday, just like the day before, we're used to living in anxiety about what the future holds. And some of us have learned to depend on that anxiety. Anxiety is like, it's like our needle, right? We need it. We, we, we go to bed thinking about everything that went wrong. And it's just like, oh. Why don't you start increasing your elevation one thought at a time? One action at a time. Tomorrow's going to be better. I'm not going to eat 12 cupcakes tomorrow. Only 10. Would you stand with me? Some of y'all act like y'all been working out and your legs are sore. You stand up, you go, oh, lower back just sore. Put Icy Hot on it tonight. I got good news for you, my last and final point. As you press reset, restart in your world, 
And I don't mean to say this rudely, and I'm going to say this as politely as I can, but it's probably going to come off rude, and I don't mean it rude. As you begin to press restart in your world, here's the last thing that you got to do, and it's the most important thing you got to do. Get out of the way. I, I, I said it with love. Move out of the way. Revelation chapter 4 verse 2 says this, At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Now hang tight. Y'all just amen to me, but hang on, hang on. There's a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And I say this as politely as possible. It's not you. And it's not me. So move out of the way. Move all of the stuff that you've placed on that throne. Move out of the way. You can't do it on your own. I'm sorry. Listen, you're amazing. But we're human. We get ourselves into a lot of situations that we just can't get ourselves out of. And we need the one who is sitting on that throne to be in his rightful place. If we're going to get everything in our lives situated. So that, that, if you don't hear anything else I said tonight, that, that is the thing that I want you to take away from our time together tonight. Dethrone yourself. Dethrone myself and put the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords back in his rightful place. Listen, it's amazing what happens in your world when you put him where he belongs. When you put him at the head and the front of everything that you do. Does your life get perfect? No, it's not going to be perfect because we're still going to mess it up. We're good, right? That's, we're human. But it's amazing what happens when, when you put him where he belongs and you move your job, you move uh, the necessity to make money and climb the corporate ladder and to be well-liked by everybody in your neighborhood. You take that off the throne and you put it over here and you say, Lord, let me escort you to where you belong, sir, right here. And I think the greatest thing that you could do as we jump into a brand new year is have a moment right here where you say, Lord, I commit to keeping you where you need to be in my life. If you do that this year, your marriage is going to be better. If you do that, your coworkers are going to like you. And if you're the boss, they're even going to want to be around you. 
You're going to have more joy than you've ever had in your life. You're going to be more blessed than you've ever been in your life. You're going to be more content than you've ever been in your life because you get out of your own way and put the King of Kings where he deserves to be. So here's what we're going to do. Pastor Randy, we're going to sing a song. I don't even know what song you got planned, but you are the man with the plan. And we're going to sing a song. And here's what I want you to do. As, as the worship team sings, listen, we got two or three more minutes and we're going to get you out of here. I, I don't know how, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I want it to come from your heart. But I want you over the next couple of minutes to just say, Lord, I commit from this moment forward, the 8th of January through the rest of this year, I, without question, I'm going to put you where you belong. Can you do that? Can you make that commitment? Let's sing it. Listen, as we sing, I want you to just in your own words begin to vocalize that to the Lord. Let's do that together today. You took on the grave. That's what he did for you. So that not even death can yeah. shake us. I know the victor is one. And heaven has come. And now you're taking us higher. Yeah. Come on, sing it out, say. Now you're taking us higher. We go from glory to glory. your invitation to rise above everything, to come up and get a different perspective. But more importantly than all of that, Lord, I commit personally to getting out of the way and putting you right where you belong. And Lord, I know I've seen it so many times that when I put you where you belong, Things just get better. And I thank you for the commitment of the incredible people of this house that say, you know what, Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired of putting so much other stuff in your place tonight. We're cleaning out the closets. We're getting stuff out of the way, Lord. It's not, no, 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 we got too much junk where you need to be, and we're putting you back where you need to be.
For it's in your precious name, Jesus, that I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Come on. Does anybody love Jesus tonight? Do you love Jesus tonight? Wow. Man, it feels good to be in church. Remember, if you can be here in the morning, meet us here. Let's pray together. Come on, you can press restart in your world again in the morning if you need to. 6 a.m. right here. God bless you. Have a great night. We'll see you soon.